some years ago when I was kind of passing through a challenging time, a friend of mine kind of took me aside and gave me some advice. And this friend said to me, look, I know what you're going through is difficult, but I want you to remember a few years ago when you were going through something even more challenging. Remember that. Remember that challenge that you went through, that God was with you, that God strengthened you. Remember how God was with you and blessed you and allow that to encourage you to move forward with great hope and confidence. We sometimes do this, advise people in this way, or perhaps have received this advice, advice from others. Sometimes, when we're going through a difficult time, people tell us to remember something in the past, and this remembrance of what was in the past impacts our future, or our present actions even. I'll give you a couple examples. So another time, perhaps someone might be going through a difficult time in a relationship with someone, maybe their husband or wife, there might be some tension there, and they might want to remember times in that past where that other person treated them with love, treated them with kindness. The remembrance of this past kindness and love helps the individual then to live in the present in a more forgiving, merciful way to this other person. One final example, that other friend who told me to remember a time when God was with me in the past also likes to tell me when we're eating together, you know, we're eating and he'll say, you know, Nick, remember you were just complaining that your pants are too tight, so you don't want to eat as much dessert. This really kind of is a principle for all of us, I think, that remembering something in the past helps us to live better in the present. It changes our present life and situation. And really, this idea of remembrance runs through all the readings that we have here for Holy Thursday. This idea of remembering past events to influence our present and our future. In the first reading, we heard how for the Jewish people, the Passover is a rem remembrance of the Exodus. So as some of you might know, today, or yesterday actually, our Jewish brothers and sisters celebrate the Passover. And we heard in the first reading from the book of Exodus what was really the origins of this Passover meal that Jesus himself celebrated at the Last Supper. This Passover meal was a remembrance of God's liberating action in Exodus, when God liberated the people from slavery in Egypt, and God gave them a commandments and a law, and ultimately led them to the Promised Land. Now, what's very important to keep in mind is that for Jewish people, when this was written, and even today, when a Jewish person at Passover remembers the Exodus, this remembrance is not merely a kind of mental activity. Like, for example, if you remember a vacation in the past, you kind of have warm feelings, it makes you feel good for a moment. Remembrance in the Jewish understanding is much more deeper, much more real. At the Passover, when the Jewish people remember the Exodus, they believe ultimately that they are present there at the Exodus. Remembrance is a kind of time travel, especially in a liturgical context, when you remember something, you're present to that event that you remember. So at the Passover then, when the Jewish people remember the Exodus, they believe that they are there, that God's liberating action is present here and now in their lives, that they are there with Moses, giving the commandments, giving the law, and they have a choice to make. Will they enter into this covenant or not? So in the first reading then, we hear how when the Jewish people celebrate this Passover, 
They remember ultimately the exodus and God's plan of salvation, God's liberating uh, salvation from slavery in Egypt. In the second reading from Paul's letter to the Corinthians, we hear how the Lord's Supper, the celebration of the Eucharist, is a remembrance of the Last Supper and ultimately the passion of Jesus. Paul writes this letter to the Corinthians, who is a community that's really going through difficulties, going through struggles. And right prior to uh, Paul recounting the events at the Last Supper, we hear how there are divisions in the community. And in Corinth at this time, there are divisions between rich and between poor. And in the communities at Corinth, it seemed that they would celebrate the Eucharist in the house of a rich person. And it seems that this rich individual was having a meal before the celebration of the Lord's Supper or the Eucharist. And this rich person was inviting his friends and they were eating and they were drinking and they were getting drunk. And the poor people in the community who were actually the majority of the community weren't invited and they were made to feel ashamed. And because of this, Paul needs to remind them of what Jesus did at the Last Supper. And ultimately, Paul says that the Lord's Supper, the Eucharist that they celebrate, the Mass that we celebrate, is a remembrance of the passion of Jesus. Jesus, at the Last Supper, takes bread, breaks it, takes wine, gives it to his disciples, and says, this is my body, which will be broken for you. This is my blood that will be spilt for you. Do this in remembrance of me. We say this each and every Mass, and ultimately this remembrance that Jesus says should be understood in that Jewish way of thinking, that when we remember the Last Supper, we're ultimately going back to the Last Supper. We're going back to the Passion. We are, as it is, time-traveling back to Calvary. There's a hymn that we often sing on Good Friday, Were you there when you crucified my Lord? And ultimately, at every Mass, we can answer, yes, I am there. When we remember at the Eucharist, the Lord's Supper, when we remember the passion, death of Jesus, ultimately, we're transported back to that time. And Jesus is present in our midst. Jesus truly becomes present in the Eucharist, in the bread, and in the wine. And ultimately, just like for the Jewish people, how remembering the Passover changes their life, so too the Eucharist is meant to transform our very being, our very existence. So remember, going back to that community in Corinth, they have these problems, these kind of tensions between rich and poor. And Paul, the reason why he tells them about the Last Supper is ultimately to correct their behavior. So the people in Corinth are being extremely selfish. The rich in particular are being selfish. And Paul is repeating to them the account of the Last Supper, in order to show how it shows Jesus' selflessness, the gift of Jesus himself on the cross for us. And Paul wants to tell the Corinthian community that their celebration of the Lord's Supper, their celebration of the Eucharist, is marked by selfishness that goes contrary to what the Eucharist is all about, which is about Jesus' selfless love and service for us. And this idea of what Christ does, how he transforms us in the Eucharist, is hit home in an even stronger way in the gospel that we heard today from John's gospel. So as many of you will know, in the gospel of John, during the Last Supper, there is no institution narrative, meaning Jesus never takes the bread, never takes the wine and says, okay, gives this to his disciples and says, this is my body, this is my blood. 
In John's gospel, that's discussed earlier in John chapter 6. Instead of the institution narrative, what we find in John's gospel, and only in John's gospel, is Jesus washing the feet of his apostles. And it seems that in doing this, John wants to highlight for us that this ultimately is the effect that the Eucharist ought to have in our life. When we remember what Jesus did for us, when Jesus is present in our midst, we are to be transformed into this action of Christ, which is humble service. And ultimately, at the time of Jesus, this washing of the feet was something that was reserved for the servants. And for this reason, we see that Peter is kind of taken aback. He doesn't want to have his feet washed. Jesus, in the Last Supper then, in washing our feet, gives us this commandment to serve people in this way, in humble service to those around us, to our community. And even more than this, in washing the feet of his disciples, Jesus is trying to eliminate distinctions of hierarchy, this idea that some people might be better than others, that a master is greater than a slave. By Jesus, the master taking on the actions of a slave, Jesus is teaching us that we are all equal. We are all beloved by God. And ultimately at the Eucharist, when we remember Christ, what he did for us at the Last Supper and ultimately on the cross, we are meant to be transformed. We have a choice to make, just like Jewish people do when they celebrate the Passover. Will we follow this new commandment of Jesus or not? So in our lives, then, we can see just in our regular life that remembering things in the past has the ability to change us here and now, to mark our future in a new way. Let us remind ourselves of this during this Last Supper celebration, this Holy Thursday, where we remember the Last Supper, the Lord's Supper, that ultimately when we celebrate the Eucharist, Jesus is present to us. He nourishes us. He strengthens us as a community. But ultimately reflect upon this service that Jesus calls us to, to be humble, to be kind to those around them, ultimately to wash their feet, just as Christ our Lord does for us.